Manitoba Public Insurance is back to work today, so we spoke with the board chair on the backlogs and just how long it might take to get through all of it. We also discussed Remembrance Day and whether things should open at all. Should they stay closed all day, or is it okay to open after 1 o'clock? Randy Backman and Burton Cummings have filed a $20 million lawsuit concerning the guess who, and there's a new Beatles song out this week. So we speak with Winnipeg music historian John Einerson. And what's something that you only enjoy at a certain time of year, or what's something that is seasonal that you can actually enjoy year-round? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Friday, November 3rd podcast for The Start. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. The Winnipeg Jets were in Las Vegas to face the Golden Knights at T-Mobile Arena last night. Jets looking to snap a two-game winless streak. At the same time, they were also looking to extend a five-game stretch of collecting at least one point. So 9 o'clock start time was just a bit too late for me last night. So just before 10 o'clock, I woke up to an alert in my phone, which let me know that the Jets had scored 6-17 into the second period. To the near side for Connor. Darts inside the zone, cuts toward the net, backhand, he scores! Kyle Connor, a shifty little move from his left in toward the middle and his right, and then a backhand to the top shelf. Winnipeg off that rush, ties it at one. What a beauty by Connor, his sixth of the year. All right, so a little fist pump, a little fist in the air. I'll, I'll bite. So I put on my glasses, put an AirPod in my right ear, went online, Radio Player Canada app. It's locked onto CGOB. Press play. Just in time to hear Paul Edmonds tell me that Mason Appleton had taken a double minor high stick- sticking penalty 13 seconds after Connor's sixth goal of the season to tie the game at one. Oh boy, says me, and oh boy, was I right. Lead pass to breakaway. Marshall moves in, shoots and scores. A quick up from the goaltender, Logan Thompson, who's going to get an assist on that as he was part of the three-way passing play. And it sent Marchessault all alone marching in, and he beats Hellebuck to the top of the net. It's 2-1 Vegas. Ah, Marchessault, such a Jets killer. So they're still announcing the penalty. It's 30 seconds into that first penalty, 2-1 Vegas. Now, I sleep right above the family room. And I thought Jackie was watching a movie or The Voice or something similar because I'm suddenly sensing something very loud and thumping. Uh, No, that's not a TV show with loud music. That's the hockey game live (laughs) about 25 seconds ahead of me online at CJOB.com on the CJOB feed. It was that obnoxious Golden Knights goal horn shaking my bedroom floor. God, I hate that thing. Give it another, yep, yep, keep going with that. Shut up. Sure enough, I knew it was coming. It was like seeing into the future. 1.38 later, Ivan Barbashev scores on the second power play, and it's 3-1 Vegas. Here are the rest of your sounds of the game. Stays inside the zone. Connor out in front for Fetty. A redirect. He scores! Redirected past Logan Thompson, and Winnipeg has a power play goal for the first time in six games. And it's 3-2 Vegas. Now for Theodore, an elite pass. Off the bench coming in. Martinez shoots. That stop. Rebound. And that is just ejected toward the corner. Pionk at the line, but then taken off his stick. Grabbed by Marchessault. He shoots and scores. And the hats will rain down for Jonathan Marchessault. The Jets made it 3-2, and then the Knights pulled away with a 5-2 win to remain undefeated this season. I did not stay up for the game, but I did wake up, check the score, texted our group chat, and Greg, my question was, are the Jets ever going to be able to beat this team? It is like, I think of all the teams that frustrate me the most, this might be the one. Nine of their last ten matchups, Vegas beats the Jets. Is this the music the, the Knights come out to? Yep. I, I pulled this for it's a John it's from a John Wick movie. It's one of the fight songs when I I heard this 
at the opening of a Knights game, and I thought, oh, that's cool. So do you hate this music too? Hate it completely. <laughs> they have that crazy guy comes out in the knight suit and the sword and sticks it in the rock, and they have that. Dr- oh man, Jets it's an amazing it. atmosphere. But man, I hate it. Jets back at it tomorrow afternoon, one o'clock. Mid Canada Fasteners Jets pregame show, three o'clock. Playnow.com. Winnipeg Jets hockey from Mullet Arena in Tempe, Arizona. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We have tickets to give away to see April Wine. April 12th, Burton Cummings Theatre. There is still a pre-sale on. It's on until 9.59. The code word is CJOB, and then tickets go on sale at 10 a.m. But you can beat the box office with us. And it has to do... I don't know what it about your social media feeds, and I'm not about to suggest that this is all I'm seeing on my feed, but inevitably, two, three times a day the last couple of days, basically since like Halloween night, uh, I was unable to escape memes and videos involving this particular song. And don't worry, I'm not going to play a lot of it. It's over now, now I've heard it. (laughs) So is everyone else. Yeah, it's it's become the it's the Mariah Carey Christmas song. It's like the biggest Christmas song ever, and it's sort of become the theme for people who love Christmas and get excited about it. And like, there was one meme where uh, there were like. I think there were like skeletons and pumpkin heads or something, and they were they were like chiseling her out of ice, like she She's was defrosting. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I know I think it was listener Shane who sent us a picture of his wife or no his daughter in front of the Christmas tree, which goes oh. up on Halloween night. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're all set. What? So um, no judgment if if this is your time of year. If this is your time of year, great. Official. The question is. The do you want, or what? What is something that you can enjoy, um, a seasonal thing that you can enjoy year round, or what is something that you can only enjoy at a certain time of year, whether it's a, an event or perhaps a, a tasty treat of some sort? You know, like I don't mind having a pumpkin beer in the fall, but I don't want a pumpkin beer in June or July. <laughs> Right? That's fair. Spiced, That's spiced, fair. Spiced rum and eggnog? I only drink that one time a year. August one 1st. One day a year? Or? Well, well, yeah, one day a year. Yeah. <laughs> so imagine drinking eggnog and spiced rum in, on July 16th. Sitting on the dock somewhere. <laughs> what are you drinking? Just <laughs> have myself an eggnog and drink a bit of rum. <laughs> uh, curdling in the heat? Oh, boy. <laughs> there That's there what are I'm people saying. who would like that. People would like that. I like it one time a year. I really like it one time a year. I do prefer Slurpees in the winter. Yeah. Because they don't melt as fast. Good point. (laughs) Like you get a Slurpee on a hot day, you got to like suck that thing down. Otherwise, it just turns into that syrup (laughs) that rots your gut. I mean, it's going to rot your gut anyway, but I'd rather rot my gut in tasty, slushy form, not gross, syrupy form. So tell us about the things that you can only enjoy at a certain time of year. Or is there a seasonal thing that you would be fine with all year? 204-780-6868. Sarah McCarthy, what about you? Well, mine was also pumpkin themed, and that's pumpkin pie. I Only Thanksgiving. I know some people have it at Christmas as well, but I don't know. Once the pumpkins are gone, they're gone for me. And I only have it like a couple, like two slices maybe, then I'm maxed out. Otherwise, like... It's not my favorite whatsoever, so that's mine. But I will admit, I was very excited about the Starbucks holiday drinks being out yesterday, and I did have one. So, so it's not just a cup; they actually come out with a holiday drink. Yeah, is it different every year? Uh, They add a new one every year, so I think it's like chai gingerbread this year. But (laughs) which one did you have? (laughs) I had sugar cookie, so I'm easing in. I think that's a good one to ease in. What's in in the sugar cookie? It's just sugar cookie latte. Yeah, but what does it taste like? Like, it like a taste, sugar cookie. It, it tastes like a sugar cookie? <laughs> yes. It's just dessert in a cup, let's be honest. Right. <clears throat> and they... that's a lot, of, a lot of calories in the cup, no? Yeah. yeah. Good thing we got for paid sure. yesterday. What are you going to do for that? <laughs> 13 days? <laughs> Get some gift cards. <laughs> uh, what about you, Poitras? Uh, well, you know, let's do the, let's do the Jewish holidays. Um, uh, Passover, like I don't eat 
matzah outside of Passover, but I look forward to it. I, I kind of grew up on the stuff, a little bit of butter on there, pretty delicious, some tuna, some tuna salad. I'm a big tuna salad connoisseur and put a little bit out there on the matzah. That's delicious. And I love latkes. I love them. Absolutely love them. Just a uh, matzah, if you're wondering, it's just like a flatbread. Um, it's, they're, they're, you know, there's no, it doesn't rise. It's just, you kind of, it's, it's just a, it's a flat sort of big cracker. And a latke is just a, uh, your potato pancake with the onions and you you can put sour cream and applesauce. Some people are are deadly dedicated to either sour cream people. Some people are <laughs> applesauce people. I'm both. I use I use applesauce and sour cream. Why should I choose between two wonderful things? I'll use them both. Um, and Is that yeah. a dead giveaway? You've been Hanukkah. welcomed into the tribe. Yes. Like- ha- yeah. That's for Hanukkah and. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, and then some people there's there's also these the the weird Ashkenazis who use sugar on their uh, on their um, or even ketchup. That is a shanda, like you wouldn't believe. You don't do anything a what? like that. Sorry, a shanda is forbidden. It's just like shanda. a it's like a huge. It's learning. Yeah, the the hotter my the my hotter right side would say dykish, but um, <laughs> which means devilish. <laughs> ketchup. No, you don't put ketchup on a lot. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. It's like putting ketchup on a pierogi. Again, another shot. Don't do that. Forte, what about you? Well, yesterday, I walk into the store, and what do I see? The first thing was mandarin oranges. They're in season. They're back, The mandarin oranges, Jerry. The mandarin oranges. (laughs) I literally just ate one right now, and it's so good. And, you know, I wish that was Mm year-round. Why aren't they year-round? Like... You can get them year round, but they're just like not Are as good. Are they not the same year mm-hmm. round? No, yeah. That, that is is that is that psychological or just something about the way they're grown? It's like those white tomatoes you buy at the superstore, like in January. It's like that, hmm. where it's just like it doesn't even taste like a tomato. Like why? Yeah. yeah, a white tomato. Well, they're like white on the inside. They're they're just, it's just not a tomato. I don't know what it is, but it's supposedly well, a tomato. Sort of foreign fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, We're just so far out of season, it's like, who knows what it is. Okay. What about you, Loren? <laughs> I just have to say, the, first of all, I, I like to hold off until December to, to do anything Christmas, just so that I can get right into it. Uh, and I like to, you know, wait till Remembrance Day. And I know we've had conversations about that before, but whatever. I know people, that's more for the stores. It bugs me when I walk into a store. Like I was in Walmart before Halloween. And they were putting up the Christmas trees. And I thought, can we just get through seasons without all this going down? But the Mariah Carey song, All I Want for Christmas, <laughs> I don't know why and I don't know how to fix it. Oh, Whenever right. I plug my phone yes. every day of the year, every day, several times a day, if I plug my phone into the car with the charge car thing, <laughs> it oh. plays because oh, it's alphabetical. alphabetical. It's alphabetical. <laughs> Honest to God, you, I listen to that song, and if I'm not quick enough, and the kids will go, no, it's like it's making their ears bleed because it's been years. Do yourself a favor, Loren, and download the Jackson 5 ABC. because <laughs> that's, It'll supersede it. That's my song it, that I always hear all the so time. It's so crazy. Like, it's mid-July, and I have the windows down, and I'm pulling out of the school parking lot. I don't want a lot of crisp. It makes me. <laughs> insane it's insane i need to you're right i gotta find a new a song well for me it, it, every time i plug it in it's took and their version of street hearts action that's the first song that plays and my kids are like come on dad we know you like took but this is ludicrous <laughs> every day <laughs> McGarry and McNabb. In a moment, I want to tell you about a wonderful, enriching experience that I had yesterday with a great community organization. But before that, Loren, on the subject of the things that we can only enjoy at a certain time of year or the seasonal things that we can enjoy whenever, uh, one of our listeners weighing in, but we are going to protect this person's identity out of fear of restitution and retribution. Loren, are you there? Calling Loren McNabb, paging Loren. Now's not the time to make school lunches. We're okay. on the air. Well, there you are. Sorry. This is what happens when I run upstairs and I get distracted by uh-huh. a new coffee Making maker. Making lunches, right? No, it's not the time. Well, yes, I should have been. What I was doing was trying to use our new Keurig that finally arrived. And, uh, you know, you just hit all the buttons as opposed to reading the instructions. 
that's where I was at just now. I'm sorry, guys. All right. So, do you have that text in front of you that we are not naming this person? Of course. We're not naming. We don't want to out what's been going down here. But we're talking about, uh, you know, the things we enjoy certain times of year. Jackie says, I only enjoy fruitcake. Oh! (laughs) I should just go back to bed. Uh, This unnamed person says, I only enjoy fruitcake at Christmas. My mom makes the best light and dark fruitcake. It's drenched in rum. And last year, she made it drenched in maple rye. I got a big chunk to take home, and during the cold winter months, when I'm running in Kildonan Park, I take it and feed it to the squirrels. They are so happy. Please don't tell my mom. This person's name is Krista. <laughs> Candace Travis. All whatever. right. Okay. So, so for a chance to win April wine tickets, tell us about the things you can only enjoy at a certain time of year, and we'll pick a winner at 9.15. In the meantime, we just want to take a moment here to tell you about something that uh, I was involved with yesterday afternoon with an incredible organization filled with excellent people doing terrific things to help those in need in this community. And part of our job, of course, is to tell you about the worst stuff happening in the world, the bad stuff happening in our community, across our country, around the globe. But on the flip side, we also get to tell you about and introduce you to some of the best people in the world who are working hard to make the world a better place and help those in need. And that part of the job collides with another part of our job, which is to sometimes head out into the community for an event like, for example, Greg, when the three of us hosted the Grace Gala last week for the Grace Hospital Foundation, or you you hosted an event recently for the Victoria Hospital. And Loren, you've got one coming up for Habitat, right? Yeah, uh, tonight I'm going out to the Trucking Association. Uh, they've got an event tonight, emceeing, and the next Thursday is the Habitat uh, Yeah, lots of great things out in the community, Brett. So the example that I experienced yesterday was a Czech presentation with our friends from Santa Lucia Pizza uh, that took me to Agape Table at 364 Furby with uh, Jay from Power 97. So Agape is just off Portage Avenue heading northbound. So if you're heading west on Portage, you just hang a right on Furby and Agape is right there. They used to be on West, in West Broadway at Colony on Broadway, by the way, but now they're on Furby in the Wave Church. And as I was walking up Furby, which is a street I've never been on uh, in a car or on foot, I just walked there after work yesterday. I was wondering, like, will I be able to easily identify this place? I know the address. I knew it was in a church, so it shouldn't be hard to spot. But it didn't take long to spot, but it wasn't the building. It was the, the lineup the lineup of people in need of food, dozens of people seeking food and receiving food hampers. And that was the yet another reminder for me at how important it is to help get the message out on how you can help these wonderful organizations continue to do what they do. And that's why we want to say thanks to our friends and partners at Santa Lucia Pizza. And thanks to you through their charity pizza, which shares... The name of our very own Hal Anderson. It's, by the way, a delicious pepperoni, mushroom, bacon, extra sauce pizza. I like to get it with extra cheese, too, because why not? I've contributed a fair amount to this fund. Uh, They raised $16,325.75 in the last six months. Like a portion of the proceeds go to this. And that's from that one pizza. And it all goes to Agape Table so they can continue to feed Manitobans. And Dave Fenyuk is the general manager of Agape. I spoke to him for a couple of minutes, recorded some audio. Just a heads up, the audio might be slightly herky-jerky. That's user error on my part. I recorded it on my phone, but I was able to mostly clean it up. Agape Table has been around for 43 years, helping serve the marginalized community of Winnipeg. Uh, But over the last couple of years, our demographics changed a bit. We're still feeding the marginalized, but now we're feeding the newcomers. We're helping out the refugees. And unfortunately, now we're, we're serving the working poor, too. Yeah, and I noticed just as we were walking in here that you had a lineup of people. Uh, it was, were you handing out uh, food hampers? Yeah, so every Tuesday and Thursday, we, uh, in conjunction with Harvest Manitoba, we have a, a food hamper program. And we're serving up to 145 families over and above what we do at breakfast from 7 to 11, which is anywhere from six to 900 people. And with the cost of living going up, inflation is hurting all of us. With an organization like yours that has to really make every penny count so you can help as many people as you can, how has that affected, how has inflation affected your group? Oh, quite a bit. Uh, honestly, it, it's a matter of uh, 
when you have something, you can help us. And it doesn't necessarily have to be money. If, if, you're, if you have a garden and you can grow a row for us as, as well as yourselves, we're ecstatic because it's food that we're in need of. Food, time, and money. Honestly, it's, without food, we can't do what we do, uh, including myself. We only have seven staff, so we're in, always in need of volunteers. Use us as a team-building uh, group, and uh, obviously the money. It's, uh, the food is coming in, but it's because our numbers are so large, we can't serve indoors. Uh, so it's the to-go stuff. It's the cups, the lids, the spoons, the paper bags. That, that's what the, the money's usually used for is for operations. And the money that was handed over today from Santa Lucia, over $16,000, what does that mean for your organization? That just blew us out of the water, honestly. It just, uh, that is going to be able to be used so well uh, with our community and, and helping out that many more people. Last year we served 134,000 meals. This year we're we're projecting between 156 to 160,000 meals. On top of our, uh, we still have our hamper program, so that money is going to go so far. So, if anybody listening right now wants to help out in whatever way they can, what where do they start? Uh, check out our website at www.ca. Uh, agapitable.ca and uh, come down to 364 Furby, uh, drop in, see if this is a good fit for you and uh, watch the magic happen and be part of that magic. Dave Fenyuk, General Manager of Agape Table at 364 Furby. Their website, once again, agapetable.ca, a wonderful organization, which once again, the recipient of a check from Santa Lucia Pizza for over $16,300, courtesy of their charity pizza with Hal Anderson's name on it. So thank you, Manitoba, for ordering that pizza and helping out a great organization that helps thousands of your fellow Manitobans who sometimes need a hand. And thanks again to our friend and partner at Santa Lucia Pizza for doing this initiative. And uh, hey, uh, what more delicious way, can you think of a more delicious way to help your community? Order that pizza. It's awesome. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Before we get into some more of the things that you only enjoy at a certain time of year or the seasonal things that you don't care what time of year it is, you, I, you want that pumpkin pie in April? Have it. So the Country Fest code word of the day, our next code word. So all week long and all of next week, we give you a daily code word, which you then take to cjob.com. So don't text it to us. Go to cjob.com with that code word for your chance to win a three-day general admission weekend pass, two passes for Dauphin's Country Fest, June 28th to the 30th. The code word, once again, go to cjob.com, is hydrate. That code word today is hydrate at cjob.com, and we'll pick a winner the week after next. In the meantime, the things that you can only enjoy at a certain time of year or the things that you are... uh, you don't care when you have it. We actually just yesterday, uh, one of the things that was being discussed on CJOB was approaching Remembrance Day and how, you know, some people think you should wait until the 11th. Yes. And to, to gear up on Christmas. Yes. And I'm not going to judge people who are like, if you're, no. if your starting gun is November 1st, fine. Hey, enjoy mm. yourself. But for me, I'm very much like, uh, I'm going to wait until Remembrance Day. I'm 100% Day with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. It's what you do personally, but then it's also more uh, what I see commercially out there. Like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna criticize, it's more for the idea of how we we push too hard to like never enjoy the moment, but also never reflect in the moment. And so there's just this suddenly we're not even done one season before we're looking ahead to the other. And I get it's all about dollars and cents, but for me it's when I go into the stores. And I think that we don't even have enough poppy boxes out here, but we've got 1,900 Christmas trees, right? And create, so, we create all this hype, right? right? And the retailers are, you know, probably do it as much as anybody. And then retailers are open for business like at 8 o'clock on Boxing Day. Like, can we not just make this a two-day holiday? Right. Once and and, and be in all? the moment. Be in the moment, yes. for goodness sakes. Yes. So many people have to work on Boxing Day anyway. Uh, I'll save that rant for later in December. (laughs) And uh, one of our listeners as well weighing in, this is Tara, who says, I love, love, love 
candy cane ice cream with mm-hmm. chunks of dark chocolate, and I would eat it year round, but it's only available at Christmas. I like candy oh. cane ice cream also. I never had we, it. You know what we should have mentioned? Just because we have to today, of all things, the once a year conversation that we only do oh. once a year. <laughs> we can only do it today, guys. Come on, Greg. Do you know where I'm going with this? Not a clue. Fall back, baby. Clocks fall back. Sunday. Why? 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 Why do we do this? I told you, I'm not having that conversation this year either. Yep. Clocks go back. They should never, ever change again. There you go. That's the end of my statement. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb coming up at 835. We are going to speak to music historian John Anderson about the Guess Who lawsuit and the new Beatles song. A couple of big things happening with some big bands in music this week. And I'm really curious to know about this whole process behind making this Beatles song happen. And in lieu of our weekly Gab with Gabby, because Gabrielle Marchand, Global News Morning anchor and host, she's off today. Drew Stremick, the Global Weather Specialist, is going to join us uh, for first, A, to give us a, a peek into the potential weather situation because I know, Greg, you've been keeping a close eye on the forecast for the West Final on Remembrance Day. That's right. And it, depending where you look, the forecast looks not too bad. What are you seeing now? You use, I think, a different weather app than I do because this is just on, I have an iPhone. And so lots of people will use this default weather app just because it's part of your Apple iOS yeah, I uh, this one's saying for Saturday. See, it's already changed since I first. Oh yeah, read this to you. The high on Saturday was forecast just three hours ago, or two and a half hours ago, to be four degrees. Now they're saying three degrees and sunny for Saturday, sunny on Sunday, and five. So they've already altered the high temperatures for both days. They've they've knocked them down. Uh, both days by one degree. Okay. Well, I'm on the Weather Network app, and I've got uh, for the 11th, I have two degrees okay. and sunny. And then on the Sunday, the 12th, four degrees, five degrees on Monday, November 13th. And yeah, according to this long-term forecast, uh, above zero temperatures for most of the next two, in fact, all of the next two weeks, at least for the highs. And I think on Bruce Johnson's Facebook page, Hal Anderson's weather weather expert buddy, Loren, he said that once we get through this next few days that there is some above normal, there are some above normal temperatures in the offing. So I wonder if that's where he's looking at. The only thing that concerns me about the sunny and warmer, you know what that usually means. Colder at night? Wind. Mm. Because when that weather changes and that those temperatures are coming from the south often. It's it's wind-oriented and wind-driven, and sometimes three above in the wind is colder than three below without the wind. And I certainly think we've had conversations over the years about just trying to feel if we can qualify or quantify whether there's windier days in our backyards. Like It feels like every day has a bit of wind to it, more so than years past. And I don't know if that's ever been verified in terms of it being true is it is it windier out there because there's lots of days in the summer where i reflect like the temperature is good and then it feels like you have wind in it and so it's not as hot as you'd like it to be and the same goes in the winter it says it's only say minus five but it's is it windier out there yeah with the with the wind you're right if in that particular football stadium what is your experience been greg when it is a windier like does it does it create like a wind tunnel with it's the design, good. it's pretty good. The design is pretty good. It doesn't sit uh, pure north south. It sits uh, more southeast to northwest orientation. Okay, so that sort of cuts down on the north wind mm-hmm. a little bit and on the south wind when we get those. And because it's below, you know, natural ground level, it's dug into the ground. That helps quite a bit as well. So I feel as though they've taken that into account in the design. Because okay. sometimes the flags elsewhere are blowing, not necessarily straight out, but they're blowing pretty well, moving pretty good. And the little flags at the top of the uprights are barely moving. So 
yeah, it feels as though there was uh, a lot of thought put into uh, the design with regard to wind because it's it's a factor on the prairies. Well, hopefully it won't be too bad. And just a heads up that we are in the process of updating our question of the day at cjob.com. Should businesses hold off putting Christmas goods on the shelves until after Remembrance Day? Yes or no? And uh, I'll admit that I was caught a little off guard yesterday. I ran to Safeway uh, next door to pretty much next door to where I live and the Halloween candy was gone. And the advent calendars were th- oh, in yeah. their place. It's crazy how popular advent calendars are. What's what's the, I believe origins are Christian in origin in terms of just counting down the days to the 25th or at least to Christmas. And now it's like every cartoon character, every possible motif is slapped onto an advent calendar. And they're out early. And uh, we're still, what, six weeks, seven weeks to to Christmas. I, I, the thing is, it's not the business's fault either. Like the consumers want it. No, no, no. Right. Like you can, we can say the businesses should hold off, but there are consumers out there that are, if they want to buy the Christmas stuff, they're going to find ways to get it. And so then they'll turn to maybe the bigger box stores online. It's a hard, it's a hard call. Yeah. I, I, Hey, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm pro business. I understand how things work and how you market things weeks and weeks in advance. And if people are going to buy them, you want to be selling them, right? You don't want to be left behind. If your competition is doing it, then, you know, it, it, it becomes this vicious cycle. If vicious is the right word, perhaps it's not just for me, you know, I don't like to impose necessarily my values always on other people, but just for me, uh, that, that Christmas tree, those Christmas decorations aren't going up until November 12th at the earliest. And I just, I guess, I wish that's the way it was, is that yeah. there weren't anything Christmas-oriented. The Christmas carols hopefully aren't starting in the stores until after November 11th. But once again, I'm not going to admonish anybody for going down that road. It's just, it's just not my thing. Well, oh, that's a good question. If there's people in retail where the carols are already on, <laughs> let us know. That's that's too early. That's too early for just you, you to sit there for eight hours and hear the same tunes over and over again. That's got to be tough. I remember we. Uh, I got a Taco Bell story. Taco Bell story yes. coming in hot. I we, got a Minnedosa one next. Go. We had a Halloween themed uh, giveaway, or not giveaway, but like a, this. We we were selling these like you know these those plastic kind of loop-de-loop straws and the inside the loop was was an eyeball okay so i heard the song eyes without a face by billy idol like uh, (laughs) a ten thousand times that month no no it wasn't on the loop but they had they had like a handful of eye related songs that they were playing (laughs) over and over and over again and uh so that drove me insane so to have to listen to christmas carols for two months nonstop, that would be tough A&W had a orange straw with the A&W root bear's face in the middle of it. Like oh, yeah? that. It wasn't a loop-de-loop, but it was just, it was embedded in the straw. And so that was my first experience with those uh, goofy straws. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. A reminder that we have tickets to give away for April Wine coming to the Burt next April. Pre-sale continues until 9.59 this morning. The code is CJOB. Tickets on sale at 10, or you can beat the box office with us. We're asking you about the things that you can only really enjoy at a certain time of year, or something that is typically seasonal, but you'd be good with it year-round. And another, we had one Jackie weigh in, Jackie G. This is Jackie S., who says, every Christmas morning, for years, I would get a Toblerone bar in my stocking. I'm now 66, and I still look forward to seeing it in my stocking. Hmm. Buying one during the year just doesn't taste as good Mm -hmm. as the one on Christmas morning. I get a mandarin orange in my stocking every year, and it's better than any orange I could have. Yeah, there's something about it being at the bottom of that stocking. You know, right you the pull toe, everything baby. out, and then you pull it out. And you're like, there you are, you beautiful little orange you. And yeah. if it wasn't there, you'd be very disappointed. I would be. So thank you, Santa. Jackie's mom and dad buy all of us for Christmas in our stockings. It's Dutch chocolate, all in our initial. Oh yeah. And so, and if you and if something happens, uh, they're sold out of the G, and I don't get my G. I'm not happy. <laughs> Christmas is canceled. <laughs>
I'm leaving now. <laughs> so keep those coming for a chance to win those April wine tickets. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. The final Beatles song, Now and Then, was released yesterday. comes from a batch of unreleased demos written by the late John Lennon. Now, the band was able to isolate Lennon's voice from the original cassette and complete Now and Then with the help of artificial intelligence. I had one earbud of Greg's in, and he had the other <laughs> yesterday, Brett. We were listening to this song, and then that that last line there, it kind of got to me. I felt, like, emotional, and then as the song went on, I actually pulled the earbuds out and said, I'm done. I don't know if I like this, but that's my take. I'm not I'm not the person to ask these questions. Beatles fans need to weigh in. Uh, this song is, of course, because in the mid-1990s, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Rinker Starr used the tape to construct the songs Free as a Bird and Real Love, Greg. Yeah, so the question is, outside of Loren's take, how is this song being received? Music historian, author, educator John Einerson joins us now on The Start to give us his point of view. John, good morning, friend. Morning, Greg. How are you? Doing really well. Um, before you sound off and we get your thoughts on it, uh, Ross said it was really emotional. My dad said it was emotional for <laughs> He's him. An to, old softy. That's yeah, what he said. is. He is. And I don't, you know, the what do they say? The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. I was misty eyed listening with, to it with Loren as well. But listener Art says he has a little bit more of a technical critique of it. Last night I listened to the new Beatles song now and then, as well as Lennon's original demo recording. Here's my thoughts. The tension and angst in the demo gets lost in the thick orchestrations and production qualities of the new recording, in my opinion. It's almost as if they are two different songs. The new recording also omits part of the melody in Lennon's demo, so really the two versions are quite different. After listening to both, I get back to the demo. What say you, John? (laughs) Well, you know, I don't think art is wrong, really, because... In, in fact, the, John's voice gets overwhelmed by the instrumentation and orchestration that, uh, that engulfs him and, and the song. But that said, um, I mean, when it came to Free as a Bird, I thought that was kind of stretching it to say it was a beatle song. I didn't think it was that great, nor did I think Real Love was that great or beatle But I actually think Now and Then sounds more beatle than those two did. Um, you can definitely hear Paul McCartney, if you listen close enough, Paul McCartney is uh, echoing John's voice or, or singing, doubling, doubling John's voice throughout the song to make it, a, I guess, a little stronger. Uh, it's definitely a John Lennon solo song. It doesn't sound like a Beatle era song, although the orchestration kind of puts it into a, a magical mystery tour era, era kind of song. But, you know, I, I, was, I suppose I was prepared not to like it because I just thought, you know, are we, are we hitting the bottom of the barrel here with this kind of thing? But I like it. I really do. I don't, I, and I don't, I know that it, it divides a lot of people who say, well, it's not Beatles, it's John Lennon and the other guys. Uh, I'm kind of in, in that camp. I think it's John Lennon backed by, you know, his, his three band buddies. Does that make it Beatles? Well, I, I guess you know, on a technical level it does, but to me it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a nice John Lennon solo song that his friends helped finish, and that, that makes me feel good about that. Now, could we see an onslaught of these types of recordings for other artists who left us all too soon? Well, it, it, it's possible. I mean, obviously AI makes a, a, a big difference to being able to do this kind of thing. But here's my question. If Burton Cummings had Randy Backman, Jim Cale, and Gary Peterson add music to one of his songs, does that make it a Guess Who song? That's a okay. good point. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we're speaking of Randy Backman and Burton Cummings, we're going to switch the conversation here a bit. John, they're looking to get $20 million in damages from former bandmates Jim Cale and Gary Peterson. They allege Cale and Peterson were giving the false impression that the band that's going out there with those two is the original Guess Who. So can you give us an idea of how the Guess Who lineup has evolved? Walk us through that. 
Well, what's interesting about the the lawsuit? I, I read it, and it, it's it's you know volumes of pages. But it, ref, it references uh, Burton Cummings as an original member of the Guess Who, but he's not. And someone should have maybe done their home, some of the lawyers should have done their homework on that. Burton Cummings joined uh, almost a year after they'd become the Guess Who, so he's not an original member. Here's my take on this whole thing. I think it's frivolous. I think it does more damage to the reputation of the group, and I think it's a sad commentary on, I mean, largely Burton Cummings. He's the one driving this. He has had a burr in his saddle since 1977 when Jim Cale asked to use the name, guess who, and put bands together and went out, and, and, and then Peterson came along with it. And you know, up until now, probably they're still going, playing gigs, and that has always irked him. And I guess he likes his re- revenge served cold because it's been 45 years, but uh, I just think it's sad. I really, really do. $20 million? Really? Caelan Peterson might be able to come up with 20000 but even so, um, you know, a lot of this is really driven by promoters. Uh, you take, uh, there was a, the drummer from the Birds went out in the 1970s as a bird celebration evening kind of thing, and they just played bird songs, a bunch of other guys in the drummer. But promoters would put on the marquee, Birds, the Birds. Same with Buffalo Springfield when the drummer went out as Buffalo Springfield revisited. He wasn't pretending to be anybody, but on the marquee, because promoters want to put bums in seats, it just said Buffalo Springfield uh, and probably used some of their original music. I'm not saying that Kalen Peterson, uh, you know, used the Guess Who original image or the Guess Who music, but it's possible that promoters and, and booking agents and all that did too. I think it's just sad, and, and I wish that Backman and Cummings would take their millions of dollars and ride off into the sunset while the reputation is still strong. This is, this is just kind of digging down into the dirt. It's kind of like a last-ditch last attempt at, I said you couldn't do this, and you're getting revenge. The money is obviously, you know, it's, it's tempting if you've got someone in your ear whispering, saying, yeah, you know, if you do well, this. That's it, Greg. That, that's it. That, I right? mean, somebody's always whispering in somebody's ear in the music business, you're the one, you're the star, you don't need them, kind of thing. You know, uh, Jim Cale got the permission from Backman and Cummings in 77 to use the name. They said, oh, we're not going to ever need it again. We're going to be huge on our, under our own names. Go ahead. You need to make a living. You've got tax b- bills to pay. But what they should have done was talk to lawyers before they did that, because Jim Cale then discovered that the name had never been trademarked, and he trademarked it. Backman and Cummings should have talked to a lawyer and found that out and trademarked it themselves and licensed it to Jim Cale. And all this, now, then this, you know, a lot of this kerfuffle wouldn't happen. What's really kind of... Uh, disappointing about all of this is that Randy Backman is out on tour now calling himself BTO. And there's no key there. Fred Turner is not out there playing. Fred Turner is you know, probably in Florida now, but you know, through the fall, he was in Winnipeg here, and you could find him at a coffee shop you know, a couple of days a week with all his buddies. But Randy was saying things like, oh, Fred's coming. He's just got some medical issues. He'll, he'll be coming to the tour. No, he was not coming to the tour. So he's hoodwinking people, too. Well, it's unfortunate because it's some of the greatest music ever written, some of the greatest music Canada's ever produced, let alone the prairies, let alone Winnipeg. I, I you know, I almost tried to write in something, you know, uh, uh, the Beatles are Liverpools, and if they're Liverpool's uh, Beatles, uh, guess who are sort of Winnipeg's uh, uh, coefficient? And, and I don't know if that's an exaggeration, but it's just too bad to, to see it come to this. Yeah, they're Canada's Lennon and McCartney, really, Backman and Cummings. And for all guys like your dad and I, it's the soundtrack to our lives. And the, the music kind of lives on. But, you know, part of the lawsuit, too, is Cummings and Backman say, well, we can't tour in the States because they've killed the name. And, and at this point, is there really a big demand anymore? I mean, that's the thing. You, you can beat this thing to death, and, and people have had enough of it. And, you know, the reality was um, the reason why Caelan Peterson were able to make a, a, a living by touring as the Guess Who was that nobody knew who was in the Guess Who, and nobody really cared. And that's what hurt Burton Cummings' solo career in the 70s when he started, you know, trying to tour in the U.S. is Burton Cummings? Well, I never heard of him. Oh, he's the voice mm-hmm. of the Guess Who. Oh, okay. You know, and plate applause for some of his solo stuff, but as soon as he went into playing these eyes and laughing and undone and all that, people would go crazy. But John, we got to let it, we got to leave it there. The clock is against us. Let's uh, get together sooner than later. Thanks.
And John, before you go, I just want to mention this. You mentioned uh, our dads. Uh, I got my dad your uh, book from a couple of years ago, Heart of Gold, A History of Winnipeg Music. And he loved it, loved it. He actually heard the interview we did on it, and he said, can you get me that book, please? (laughs) (laughs) He's he's named in the book, too. He's he's a hero. (laughs) So thank you very much uh, for joining us this morning, John. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Greg, normally at this time, who do we usually speak to? Well, we speak to the anchor, the face, the name, the personality, the smile. Global News Morning, Gabrielle Marchand. But I'm just realizing there's another smile personality individual who brightens your day on Global News Morning. His name? His name? Is Drew Stremick. Thanks for having me, guys. Global CJOB weather specialist. And I, Greg, why don't you start us off here? Because I know there's... We've been talking about it through the morning. Yes. But I know you, just as you referenced it earlier, how I will look at like 17 different weather apps if I have a big big golf round coming up, and I will gravitate towards the one with the best forecast. But uh, you are keeping an eye on a different date on the calendar. Well, that's right, Drew. You know by now. Have we converted you to a Blue Bomber fan yet? Are you oh, there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. perfect. I've been to more games here in Winnipeg to see the Bombers than I ever did to see the Stampeders. Oh, this oh, is awesome. music to my ears. Okay, so uh, Bombers waiting to find out whether it's the Stamps or yeah. the Lions coming to Winnipeg for the West Final. Next Saturday, November 11th. So I've been keeping an eye, you know, it's eight days now. And on my phone, it's actually saying Saturday, sunshine and three degrees for a high. I'm looking at Calgary. I'm looking at Regina this week. And they're all in the pluses all week. What are the chances this holds? Well, I mean, hey, the forecast can change pretty quickly, but uh, that's what similar temperatures and conditions of what I've seen for next Saturday as well. Uh, I believe I saw sunshine and a high of plus two. So, so far for now, looking for seasonal highs and some pretty decent weather ahead of that uh, Western final. I need to know. When you do, when you, like, you've been on air now for a while, and I know this has happened to weather forecasters in the past weather specialists have you ever been accosted for your forecast like thanks a lot for the snow drew you know honestly it happens more here at work and in the station than it does anywhere out in, in public really? more people, we're guilty of it here yeah, more people give me grief here at work than i've ever gotten in public you know everybody that i've met out and about says oh yeah you know thanks for thanks for doing such a good job or like loved you seeing you the other day in the morning and stuff like that and you know most people tip their hat or uh give me a nod when it comes to the forecast but it's only here where i get the most grief yeah well you're on the air most of the time well the entire time you're on the air, we're on the air, and every once in a while, we'll we'll tell you to shove it or to stick it or to just <laughs> shut up, Drew. This is the first I've heard of that, well, so well, wow, it's, okay. it's, it's confession time. <laughs> like, what's so happy about this Tuesday? <laughs> so, <laughs> we all hate Tuesdays yeah. anyway. We're just, it's the worst day of the week. <laughs> but one of the things as we look through the days of the weekend uh, that we like to do with Gabby is just kind of go back through some of the fun topics we discussed, and we open the week uh, in the light uh, in light of the death of, of Matthew Perry and how Friends is, is a show that means a lot to so many millions of people. We're just curious to know, like, do you have a show that's kind of like your TV friend or your your television comfort blanket? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple things that I'll kind of bounce between, you know, it, depending on what kind of moods I'm in. Uh, you know, I, I got to go with the majority of people, you know, a big Office fan. I've watched that series a couple of times. And then uh, on Netflix, there is a series. They only did a few seasons of it, and they were rather short, but they redid the Castlevania, and oh. they did that. And I really enjoyed the uh, the animation and uh, all the work that went into that. So uh, those are some things that I tend to bounce around between if I need something to just kind of have on in the background. So a violent, gory vampire show <laughs> is your television comfort blanket. Yeah, you know. I mean, hey, some people have their murder uh, documentary podcasts. I've got uh, murderous vampires. You know, that's a good point as well. The true crime stuff, So the people who like true crime, that is their comfort blanket. It's a, the thing that they look forward to do, whether it's a show like Dateline or um, we've, what's the global one? Is it Crime Beat? Uh, we, <laughs> I should yeah, know that's that. Right. That crime sounds beat. right. Yeah. Okay. With Nancy. Yeah. Yeah. So any, all those true crime shows, the people who are into that, like they are all over that stuff. 
And uh, I don't see how that's comforting as well, because I would just be creeped out all the time. I, I know I can't do that. And, you know, I know a lot of people are into them as well. And it's just kind of like, I don't need, you know, I can deal with like the fantasy horror and things like that. The things that I know that aren't real. But people are like, oh, man, you got to listen to that Jeffrey Dahmer podcast and really get into what he was doing. It's like. No, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm really minds? okay. Like, do you need to watch that? You Hang know? on, Drew. How do you know vampires and zombies aren't real? Come well, on, I mean, make it know, I, can di- I can disconnect <laughs> myself from the possibility of it being real rather than a true event that has occurred. That is actually that you know 100% is factual. Yes. Yes. Okay. I think that's, I think that's reasonable. <laughs> do we let him off the hook there, Loren? Yeah, that's fair. I that's think fair. That's, Go fair. Ahead. that's pretty good. Okay. So you mentioned Stamps games. How, so where is home for you? Uh, so I grew up on Vancouver Island in a small town called Port Alberni, uh, but I was actually born in northern Saskatchewan in a small village oh, by the name of on. Good Soil. Really? Okay. So yeah, and how long have you been in Manitoba now? Just over a year. I came here after Thanksgiving in 2022. So one of the things we talked about this week is what would be in your Manitoba brag book, something about Manitoba you like enough to brag about, whether it's a person, a place, maybe food. And, uh, you know, you've you've explored quite a bit since you've gotten here. So would there be something that you would brag about for Manitoba? Yeah. I I mean, I talk about it a lot. The fact that uh, I think Winnipeg gets a bad rap outside of the city limits, you know, across Canada, people have negative things to say, but since I've been here, Winnipeg has been, uh, exceptionally beautiful. There's a lot of culture and arts that happens here that I didn't realize, you know, the, the ballet, the orchestra, the museum for human rights. But personally, I really love, uh, all the heritage buildings in the exchange, the old, uh, advertisements that are painted on the side, like the old Pepsi ad, uh, things like that are really neat. And, uh, some of the food I've had is phenomenal as well. Uh, the deer and almond really enjoyed uh, my uh, meal that I had there. Um, Sousol down in Osborne Village mm. was uh, exceptional as well. And I've just loved exploring the culinary scene of Winnipeg and seeing what uh, chefs out here have to offer. I think good. Drew's pulled out two things that we didn't get from listeners this week, which are both amazing. I mean, the food came up, but not necessarily the restaurant scene. And the exchange is, is totally brag worthy. Yeah. And well, and, and you mentioned those ads. That was one of the coolest uh, yes. tasks they ever had on the Amazing Race Canada when they came to Winnipeg. Both sides, yeah. Yeah, they had to find, they had to scatter well, through like a the dozen ex- of them, right? They had yeah. to, they had to really had to search for them. So yeah, you nailed, you nailed it. You're, there's a, you might become an honorary Winnipegger yet. There we go. True. Well done, man. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, that even outweighs the fact that I didn't realize you were born in Saskatchewan. <laughs> yes, but did you hear the name of his town? Good, Good soil. soil? That's yeah. like, that should be a like a, a TV show. Yeah, the home of Ron Greshner. He was a defenseman for the Great Rangers. Hair. Amazing hair. Yeah. My dad was in grade four with him twice. All right, let's commission... <laughs> 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 Let's commission Global to start a new TV show, NCIS Good Soil, Wednesdays on Global. Drew Stremick, Global Weather Specialist. Thank you very much, sir. Have a good weekend. You too. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We have April wine tickets to give away. They're coming to Winnipeg in April. There's still a pre-sale on right now. The code word is CJOB, and then tickets go on sale at 10 o'clock, or you can beat the box office with us right now. We're asking about the things that you only enjoy at a certain time of year or the things, the seasonal things that you're like, you know what, I could do with that year-round. And this is something, I don't know that I've ever even heard of this from Julie, one of our runners-up, who says... Uh, Christmas bread. I love Christmas bread. I don't, and I don't even know how to pronounce this. Is it panettone? Panettone? I, I don't know. I'm Panettone? Out. I'm out on that one. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking at this Christmas. It looks like a giant muffin, basically. Okay. So I could sort of understand why you'd want to have that year round. <laughs> uh, what about Ron tying into something we discussed just a, yesterday? Well, I that's think. right. Yeah. Fishing is all year round. Ice fishing. It'll start soon. And we fish all summer. And in fact, Ron says uh, they're taking out the boat this weekend one more time before the ice comes in. So how about that? Sent us pictures from uh, fishing adventures out on the boat last weekend. It looks like they're wearing full winter gear. Well, they're they're not foolish. No, it'd be cool. That that would be biting. 
Uh, Todd says, and I concur with Todd, says a seasonal treat I enjoy are Cadbury mini eggs. Although, once they decided to make them available year-round, I swear they just don't taste as good anymore. Agreed. I, I think it was the anticipation and not having them any time made it taste extra special. And I, I'm with... Todd, you know, they, there's a limited time. So when I got those mini eggs, I would enjoy them because I knew that who knows if they're still going to be available the next time I go to the store. And now they're always there and uh, they're always taunting me because mini eggs are a dangerous treat. I think of all the tasty treats there are, mini eggs I could eat. Like if you, you know those giant mm-hmm. $20 bags? Yep. If you handed me one, on a Friday night, and I sat down on my couch. There is a possibility that I would eat the whole bag and then, the whole and then end up oh, in yeah. the hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are good, and I, I agree. Like, there's a reason why the why the uh, St. Patrick's Day shake at McDonald's is only available 31 days a year. Yeah, yeah, because you wouldn't want it any of the other 334. Fair. Yeah, but our winner, Loren, we are going to remain unnamed <laughs> today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Totally so anonymous. This, uh, anonymous. They are anonymous. <clears throat> when this text came in before seven, I honestly laughed out loud at it. And then I said to you guys, let's read it. It's funny, but I won't say her name. And then I proceeded to say her name. <laughs> Here's why I wanted to leave it out. Here's how the text goes. I can only enjoy fruitcake at Christmas time. My mom makes the best light and dark fruitcake. It's drenched in rum. Last year, she made it drenched in marble rye. My mom will then give me a big chunk to take home when during the cold winter months when I'm running in Kildonan Park, I take the fruitcake and feed it to the squirrels. <laughs> They're so happy. Please don't tell my mom. Oh, I love that because I thought it was great that she, she clearly enjoys the cake, but just the one day and the squirrels get it the rest of the day. Are they drunk? That's what I want to know. Uh, it wasn't funny that I shared your name, which probably had your mom giving you a call to ask what gives because the mom is also a loyal listener, apparently. But I say thank you for sharing. Thank you for the laughs. I hope I didn't screw things up and I hope you enjoy the prize. And I'm sure the squirrels want to say thank you as well. So, Cheers. anonymous listener, you're going to April wine maybe with your mom when they come to the bird in maybe april not maybe i've irrevocable what the heck is that word irreconcilable just, differences uh, yeah. have now been created yes exactly That'll you are renounced as daughter <laughs> no more fruitcake for you It's back to business for Manitoba Public Insurance, but not business as usual. Yeah, as we know, the strike involving 1,700 workers, it's over. It ended a couple of days ago. But now, of course, there's two months of worth of work to catch up on. There's thousands of claims to process, thousands of driver's tests that need to be done. Carmen Nedowin is the board chair at MPI and joins us now. Good morning, Carmen. Good morning. Let's start with those tests. What's the backlog of people wanting to do their road tests for their driver's license, whether it be, you know, the teenager, the adult, or, or truck drivers? There's approximately 15,000 uh, road tests that are backlogged. On average, MPI does about 300 tests a day, so you can just extrapolate those numbers. So it will be a bit of time, and all we can do is ask for people to be a little bit patient. Carmen, I'm not good at math. I'm trying to do that. <laughs> is it- I, I never do math in the morning because it's always <laughs> If I try. Well, 300, uh, five days would be 1,500, so about 50 days. 50 days or so worth of catch-up, and then, of course, there are going to be kids that are, and others who are going to be entering the system. My kids are champing at the bit. They it's, Come on, Dad, I need my license. It's like, well, you can't even get a test now, so now that conversation is reordered. Now, what about the claims? I know lots of people had hail claims back in August, and then, of course, just Every day you have claims. How have have things worked with those authorized auto pack claim centers and people going there and skipping the process of going to an MPI claim center? Well, we work very closely with our partners, uh, like accredited auto body shops, during the uh, the labor dispute. So yes, there is a backlog. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but uh, they tried. We tried to work with partners to get as many of them through the process. And while every claim is certainly important, um, if you look at something like hail damage, it doesn't affect the the drivability of the vehicle. So it may have been a little bit of a less priority than, say, someone whose vehicle is not um, is not roadworthy that had to be fixed. That was going to be sort of long. My my next question is: Is there sort of like a like a triage? 
kind of system where depending on the the damage or the type of damage where somebody might be able to get in sooner rather than somebody who just has some cosmetic damage? Well, as I said, that you know every claim is important, but there are certain priorities that that would they'd have to look at. The other difficulty that we find it really has nothing to do with it with the uh, labor dispute is supply chain issues. Uh, anybody who's taken their vehicle in just to get um, you know some minor work done, a part may be required, and sometimes it can take two or three months. I had a recall on my vehicle, and it was six months before Ford could even provide their own parts to get that recall done. Yeah, we talked to mechanics uh, in the last couple of weeks, you know, just about the idea that there's the supply chain issues. There's also the strike in the States that involved, you know, the parts manufacturers for some of the companies. So that was part of it. So when it comes to like the test, for example, if I was somebody who was supposed to have a test end of August, September, um, am I first in the queue or could I potentially be waiting months? How does that work? Well, they certainly are going to look at it um, in a chronological order. So the people who uh, were supposed to be tested when the the labor dispute started, they would be looked at, um, you know, they would be first in the queue. Um, Sometimes, you know, some of these things change or people aren't necessarily available at that time. So there's a lot of different nuances that have to be worked through. And, of course, we do have people whose licenses uh, are, are there living. Uh, so they depend on having that license to be a truck driver, et cetera. So obviously there would be some some prioritization in that area as well. Well, that's good to know that there's some prioritization. I know also I've heard from some folks, uh, I've got really good friends who had their car stolen that hasn't been recovered yet. I know uh, there's a couple of people in our listening audience and our radio family that have said, you know, they've been waiting for a check for a, a vehicle that's been written off. Are those things just delayed in the system right now, Carmen? Some of it is delayed in the system, and uh, some of it, you know, was was moving through the system uh, with uh, the management team that we're trying to do their very best uh, through this time. And so um, it may have been a little bit slower than usual, but we did have some of the regular services of MPI that were available, uh, like you said, like you said, checks that were going out to people. Uh, but again, you know, it's it's hard for me to ask people for more patience when they've been so patient for so long already. But that's really all we can do is just ask them to, to give us a bit of time. Our um, our staff this morning, if you just think about the 1,700 people going back this morning, all of them uh, have to have their, um, their security access to our system reinstated. So that's going to take the technology department quite a bit of time just to get that up and running. And uh, at 1 o'clock this afternoon, we will start being able to accept uh, phone calls and and start the work that people, uh, the repairs of Manitoba are looking for. Is there any sense, uh, Carmen, that we need, MPI might need to, I don't know, like in a seasonal type way, just add some more staff or try to find more people to take those calls or claims just to catch up? Or is it manageable in your mind with the staff you have who are just taking those first phone calls at 1 p.m. today? Well, it's going to be manageable with our staff as much as possible. Uh, there will be some overtime. There will be um, some uh, maybe reassignment of, uh, of people just on a temporary basis. So um, the management is looking at all kinds of different opportunities. They did have, have a return to work plan that was in place. And, uh, you know, we're trying to work through it as quickly as we possibly can. Carmen, Before I let you go, sorry, Carmen, is it today's the first day back on the job, like as of 8 o'clock today? Uh, yes, they went back this morning. Today is the first day back, okay. and the mo- and as I said, the morning will be spent primarily getting better, uh, getting everybody reassigned with the with the uh, security and through the um, the computer systems. Yeah, changing passwords. I can imagine every single person's going to have to change their password. Yeah, probably. <laughs> if, if they're like me, I don't remember my password from yesterday, never mind a couple of months ago. But um, yeah, we're just really looking forward to having everybody back at work and uh, and starting to. Uh, you know, to, to provide the services to Manitoba ratepayers that they expect. All right, Carmen Edwin, board chair at MPI, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Carmen, thank you very much for this. Thanks. Bye-bye. And Greg, when you mentioned it, I, I you know, I, I always need refreshers. I have to ask Loren, how old are your kids again? And I, and I know your kids are, you know, you recently, re- re- how did you say it? My child, who is almost an adult. Yes. Which, of course, yeah, of course your kids are wanting to... Get a driver's license now. Yeah, especially when, like, you know, um, one of the boys will work particularly late, two or three times a week, and 
And Jackie gets up early, uh, not as early as I do, so it falls on her to to get them home from work. I get them there most often, and then she has to get them home. And sometimes it's eleven o'clock when he's done work at night, and that's that's late for mm. people who get up at at the Jackie's up most mornings five o'clock. Oh, bless her. I don't know if I'd do that if I didn't have to. Uh, but you know what the thing is about when you're a teenager, as you remember, Brett and Greg, like there's nothing more exciting than going for that driver's license. And so it's not just the practicality of wanting it for your kids to get them to school or work or what have you. It's just that rite of passage that you put on hold. You know, you turn 16 and you go get your license or however the rules are now. Yes. And to, to have to have waited through this just just for that opportunity again not because you need it but you want it man these are the same kids that were impacted by pandemic like my kids went from junior high to high school in the pandemic didn't have their traditional grade eight graduation that's become a thing um you know started high school and online learning so they've missed a bunch of stuff along the way and now this strike has has interrupted their journey to independence. I always say, there's no cars in this house for you to drive anyway. So it doesn't matter if you have your license. (laughs) Until you buy your own, you're not driving mine. Isn't there an an MG in storage somewhere that they could drive? They are not allowed to drive that. And that comes from their grandmother, not from me. Their grandmother says, those boys are never allowed to drive that car. Really? Yeah, she thinks it's dangerous, so. But it's okay if something happens to me. <laughs> I've lived my life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it's funny when you think back to those years where that those times where you were anticipating going for that driver's test and and dealing with potentially the embarrassment or the shame <gasps> that you might heap upon yourself, really, because like I failed my first test by a, I had like a hundred and thirty five demerits or something, and. Uh, <laughs> Because I, I didn't, he took me down a side street and I didn't signal in and out of parked cars. Yeah. So yeah. on one street, I got like 30 demerits. Well, that was probably by Carpathia School. Or did, oh, you probably did, Did was there a second location? I went, here, I, or did I you got, go to Doncaster? I went to the one off Nairn. Oh, okay. Which yeah, isn't there I was, anymore. Okay, but. when I was a kid, there was only one place. Sorry. Yeah, so, but I, I can't remember what street it was. But yeah, I just had all kinds of mistakes and then I had to go to school and and I was expecting people. Nobody made fun of me. The only person who was making fun of me was me. But then I had to wait. Yes. To go. I'm like, oh, it's, I think it was only a month I had to wait. But that time waiting to go back and get it right, it was killing me. I want I my license too, now. I failed too. And it was like, I I, ball, I burst into tears. Like Same here. <laughs> I, was, I, I walked back in. My dad was going away for um, some work. Uh, for six weeks to Zimbabwe and like they it wasn't just that I wanted it because it was time they needed me to get my license to help out you know right like to drive my siblings help drive my siblings around and different things and I walk back into that office and he's sitting there waiting for me and I just burst into tears and he's like so I guess he didn't pass (laughs) these are not tears of joy these are not tears of joy oh I failed my first time too (laughs) none of us can drive I, I I stay I stayed home I stayed home that morning and the phone rang and rang and rang. I knew it was a school. <laughs> Where are you? Really? <laughs> I was so upset. I was so mad. I told the guy to get out of the car. The, the, the <laughs> you didn't. Yeah, I did. <laughs> he, he failed me. I'm like, get out. <laughs> and then I started crying. <laughs> and you know, the funny part was, is I was the only one in my family to fail my license and the only one who took driver's ed. Really? It's not a ringing endorsement. (laughs) (laughs) Not coming to a poster for driver's (laughs) ed anytime soon, Loren McNabb. It's my face, exactly. (laughs) You're performing at Country Fest, but you will not be endorsing or being a spokesperson for driver's ed. Exactly. Got it.